Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Living Healthy Podcast presented by LA Fitness. I'm your host, Angie Gabell, and last I left you, there was a lot going on with the podcast. Andrew was about to have a baby. Candace was leaving the show. Producer Matt had taken a vow of silence. Plus, in one of the most riveting storylines of the entire season, one of their favorite guests, master trainer Jeff Fox, had just won the College World Series of Baseball as an assistant coach. And thanks to his amazing call to have the slowest player on the team steal home plate and actually score, he was hired as a head coach for a team in Arizona. Congratulations, Jeff. We're sad to see you go. With so much knowledge gained, yet so many friends being lost in season one, you have to ask yourself, what will happen in season two? Will more friends become enemies? Will more enemies become friends? Anything can happen in season two of the Living Healthy Podcast. A lot has happened in the last few months, but I'm happy to announce that the show will go on and I've found a new co-host for the show. So without further ado, I introduce to you the woman who is too legit to quit and goes by the name of Brit, my new co-host. And I don't mean to boast, but she's now the jelly to my toast. I give you Brittany Welch. Hello, everyone. That is quite an intro, I have to say. I yes. feel very honored and special yes. and thankful to be here. Wow, a lot has gone on. You are not kidding. No, yeah, I wrote I wrote that all morning. So there <laughs> Well, maybe, it sounds great. Maybe there'll be more rapping that in, in season legit. two. That was legit. I mean, I'm not, I, I, you, <laughs> I don't know if I'm too legit to quit or if it's you. But I got to say, I'm excited to be here, and this is going to be a lot of fun. I yeah. cannot wait to get started. So why don't we get started? So uh, let's get the show back to normal and just talk about what the topic's going to be today, fad diets. Uh, we got a couple well-known ones on the list and some that maybe aren't so well-known, uh, but we're going to talk about them all. So why don't we just rattle them off real quick? What are we talking about today? So today we're going to discuss the paleo diet. The paleo diet? <laughs> Yeah, you know, first time on the mic, getting used to it. it, takes a second to get comfortable. So we're going through the paleo diet, the Whole30, the ketogenic, also known as the keto diet, the anti-inflammatory, and the intermittent fasting diet. Right. So I've heard of a few of those. Haven't heard of some of the other ones, but I'm interested to hear about them. So now, Brittany, in order for us to really have an energetic conversation about this topic, I think we need someone that can break these diets down into bite-sized pieces, morsels, if you will. I couldn't agree more. That are easy to digest and that we can turn into food for thought. (laughs) So if you're a longtime listener of the show, you probably see where this is going. That's right. The only other person that hasn't left the show since we last spoke is back on the show. We're talking about LA Fitness registered dietitian, Debbie James. So welcome back to the show, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't go anywhere. Aren't you glad? I am very glad. (laughs) I'm glad that we have a guest for this show. Um, Before we jump in, I just want to remind everyone that if you're not a subscriber already, please subscribe to the podcast. That's the fastest way to get episodes delivered straight to your phone. All right, let's dive into these fad diets. First of all, let's just uh, do something general here, which is what does the word diet mean, Debbie? Or how should we perceive the word diet? Okay, I'm not going into like a Merriam-Webster kind of definition, but okay, diet really is just referring to the foods that you eat. 
like when I have a pet, okay, my pet's diet consists of this, right? right? Okay. So, but the common lay term of using it is I am on a diet, which means a calorie restricted diet, which, you know, is like 40, 50 years old, what have you. So now people are on a certain type of diet or maybe off uh, that diet when really it's just the lifestyle of what they're eating. This is what I eat. This is my diet. Right. So is the idea when you move into maybe one of these diets that's on our list that you're going to make it into a lifestyle, that you're going to continually do it, or that you're just like doing this for a short period of time? That's all across the board on on everyone's approach. I mean, you've got some people are like, oh, I got a cruise coming up or a reunion. (laughs) And so I'm going to go on a diet Mm -hmm. for a few months until you know, said date or time, and then it's back to my old routine. And there's some people people that have just found themselves after decades going, you know, this isn't the way I envisioned my my life, my my weight, my health going. And so I need to make a change in how I live and how I choose foods and how I eat. Okay, so let's talk about the first one on our list, the paleo diet. Is what is it? Can you just break it down? What is the paleo diet? Okay, so the paleo diet um, is based on what we believe that prehistoric humans consumed thousands okay. of years ago, long before the advent of agriculture and farming. So more than ten thousand years ago. Okay, and it's been so, around a while. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hunter gatherers, if you if okay. you will, and so because there weren't crops and there weren't livestock, it mm-hmm. was what you could you know catch or or pick off huh. you know the the ground that right. the other animals were eating. Huh. Okay. Yeah. That it's every time whenever I eat nuts, I'm assuming nuts are part of that. Whenever I eat nuts, I just think like I'm a gatherer. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I'm That's such very a gatherer. <laughs> Too bad we can't just eat you know acorns because that would be like oh I've got you know you could have a ton of those just so, falling in your yard. So on the paleo diet, why do people do it nowadays if this is based on something that you know came around ten thousand years ago? Uh, well, there's certainly a- an attraction to, I would say, you know, more of the carnivores in the group because the paleo diet says that you can eat uh, meat, fish, eggs, and then plants that are like vegetables, the nuts and seeds you mentioned, uh, and fruit. Um, whereas grains, legumes, those are like bean products, uh, and dairy aren't part of it. And mm. so when you look at... Uh, Kind of the finger being pointed at uh, either lactose or you know humans aren't supposed to drink milk past the weaning stage or you know gluten is a problem so if this diet matches that was okay well there's no milk and there's no you know there's no wheat so right. um, it's suitable for a lot of that but I think um, beside food choices people are looking at it for weight loss Okay, so that's like one of the pros is for it, it can help with weight loss. What, let's go over some of the pros of doing this kind of diet or having this approach, the paleo diet. Okay, um, a good part of it is the focus on unprocessed foods. So if you go back to, of course, 10,000 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, hello, no refrigeration, <laughs> we just invented fire, so <laughs> now we can cook meat, hurrah. Um, and going back to foods in their natural state which I would support in, in any diet anyway. I have always said, if it looks like it did from the plant, right. you know, mm. in the same the form source. it was on the animal, mm. you know, like a filet of meat or right. the whole shrimp, you know, I don't 
really eat stuff that's all like ground up and unidentifiable mm. and probably neither should you. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so I like the focus on the unprocessed foods um, and vegetables, you know, um, right. when you've only limited down to a couple food groups and they're going to be mostly what's on your, your plate. There's also more of a push towards cage-free eggs and grass-fed beef and more of a quality standard there. Um, so it's more of like a natural and like simplistic form of a diet. Exactly. Um, and, you know, if you look at research and effect, mm-hmm. there's studies to support that there is a benefit for uh, weight loss, uh, blood glucose management, but those are usually short term. So um, the 12 week window is usually a a study period. So that's a three month. Why is it why is it seen as as such short term result? Why would that That not be? That leads us into some of the cons. (laughs) (laughs) It is is a very difficult because it's restrictive uh, Mm -hmm. with, you know, modern lifestyles and parties and traveling and just life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not very easy to follow. And so the number of people on it long term. Um, therefore there aren't that many studies because there just aren't that many people. Right. Um, and over the long term, those differences in weight and things like that don't really hold. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is there a way to kind of incorporate the paleo diet into like a traditional diet? If that makes sense Well, at I would all? say the principles. I, I don't know that having to cut out whole food groups is right. necessary, but certainly the principles of the unprocessed food um, and uh, things that are, you know, the grass-fed beef, like I said, the cage-free eggs um, that are probably suitable for, for almost any diet um, going to unprocessed mm-hmm. uh, or whole, whole foods, and that'll segue into our next one, but um, looking at a preponderance of meat intake yeah. is not uh, environmentally or earth sustainable right right yeah there's i think there's a big trend about that now that's mm-hmm. kind of like yeah um do what is there a type of person that you would recommend this diet for over um, someone well else, first or? it's it's definitely not for uh someone that's pregnant or breastfeeding has fragile diabetes or a history of eating disorders i mean when you're giving someone um limited intake mm-hmm. right. um they have to choose uh, a very high quality of, of balance in order to get all the nutrients they need. Um, but I don't think that kind of restriction is, is appropriate. So, you know, people that need a clean break from their eating habits, and if they're going to do it, uh, like I said, for a short term and get those uh, weight loss benefits, you know, they can go ahead and try it. I say particularly if you have the exercise like a caveman um, <laughs> that had to do all that effort to catch their food. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. If that's equate. coupled with that, right? Okay. That's interesting. All right. What's the? Let's jump into the next one on our list. What's the next one, Brittany? Uh, the next one is the Whole Thirty. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. This one, uh, the Whole Thirty program, was created by Doug and Melissa Hartwig. So this one is, I will say, owned by someone. You know, branded mm, or okay. registered, whatever you want to call it. Um, so it is uh, a specific. So it's a uh, trademark diet. Uh, Correct. Right. Okay. Um, it's a specific approach. Uh, what it is, it's a twist on the paleo diet, um, meant as a brief month-long reset. So it's, hmm. in clinical terms, in my terms, it's an elimination diet um, for 30 days. And according to the program rules, and I have a problem with that term, but okay, <laughs> program rules, uh, you may eat whole, minimally 
processed meat, seafood, mm-hmm. eggs, natural fats. I don't think I've eaten any synthetic <laughs> fats lately, but um, fruit and vegetables. Um, and you can't have uh, sugar, you can't, or added sugar, you can't have alcohol, grains, legumes, or dairy. Uh, but I like this because... And it doesn't sound bad. <laughs> no, looking at the habits, uh-huh. it says also that you can't have treats made from otherwise allowed ingredients. See, because you're looking at changing behavior, and so if you want to mm. reset for 30 days and avoid all this junk, you can't just go, oh, well, here's a quote-unquote muffin cake made <laughs> with a non-grain, fruit-sweetened, mm. da-da-da-da-da-da. No, right. that's not Whole Foods 30. Mm. No. Okay. Not allowed. Or Whole 30. Mm. Interesting. So kind of jumping back to the paleo diet and the Whole 30 time together, would you almost look at them more as like appropriate for a cleanse of some sort, like a body cleanse? Well, yeah, the, the, whole, the, like. the whole 30 is, a, I would call it like a reboot. Okay. You know, you're, you're trying to start fresh, mm-hmm. um, restart. And what's nice uh, about it, besides all the user support and recipes and meal plans, and they have a coach you can hire and, <laughs> you know, and an app and their own podcast and, you know, oh, all across the board. All. <laughs> <laughs> they got it all. Um, besides that, um, after the 30 days, there's a reintroduction period so that it's recommended that you start reintroducing foods and then see how you feel in response. Mm. Oh, so they segue mm. you back into real life but, food. But kind right. of knowing Dieting. that like when you try it again, you're probably going to be like, I don't really enjoy this as much anymore. Well, so, I don't know. We, we, we do it. Um, clinical dietitians do it in... Um, food intolerance and and allergy you know sensitivity when we do an elimination diet we do the same thing reintroduce something and then say well how you feel do you feel bloated did you get a headache do you mm. you know it's like kind of what you're able to children. identify those yes. when you, yeah when you start introducing new food groups to them but like you know, but you like like you said Brittany you know I like a like a cleanse mm-hmm. I mean it's a challenge. Can you do something for 30 days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I can. You know, it's attractive yep. uh, and appealing to say, okay, I can I can do this for 30 days. Right. And when you do, it's like, oh, well, I haven't had sugar and I haven't had anything from a wrapper or a box or a right. drive-thru and you're going to feel better. And yeah. That, and you've survived, so you know you can do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you've survived. It also gives you something to be proud of. So who, do, exactly. so who would you recommend that diet for or that approach to? Is it someone that like enjoys a challenge, like that really falls in their wheelhouse and they need to kind of lose weight or they need to I'd, reset? I'd or? say because of its temporary nature, it, it, it's good for somebody that really needs to drastically change their habits. Okay. That, that when sometimes uh, if a professional gives someone, you know, moderation and cut back and mm-hmm. little changes and, you know, that's great in the long term, but some people just... They need they that can't, cold they turkey can't do it. approach. They need a whole, right. yeah, right. clean slate. Right. Okay. And so then it's going to work better for them. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next diet on our list. This one is the keto diet or ketogenic diet. And so what is this diet? I've definitely heard of this one quite a bit, but what is it? You should have. It, it should predates have. <laughs> the, the other ones quite a bit. Whereas paleo say that it's really a trend. I wouldn't say just, just a fad because it's been around 15 years and the whole 30 has been around 10 the ketogenic diet, 100 years old. Now, oh, okay. when we when we say diet, like um, in our in the beginning, when we use it as a term meaning a low calorie diet that you're on, the ketogenic diet was a clinical treatment. It was huh. uh, used for epilepsy and controlling seizures. Wow. Um, oh, wow. In in medicine, it was prescribed before there were a lot of 
um, drugs and medications and, and things that did the job, huh. uh, if you will. And so it was very popular, I'd say, you know, through the 60s. Uh, and so a ketogenic diet, what it is... You're going to get technical. <laughs> I, I, I am. I'm She's taking a breath. Science-y. I'm like, how do I explain it so that... <laughs> We're about to get so science-y. You can understand it. <laughs> no. I'm so curious why they stopped doing that. Okay, well, for, well first, uh, I'll, I'll say what it is. Um, normally, your, your brain and your body runs off glucose for okay. fuel. Okay. When you're starving and when you're um, intentionally fasting even, your body converts um, ketones and you can burn those for fuel. So it's a survival mechanism mm, okay. that your body is an able to do. It's mm. an adaptation. Okay. So uh, putting your body in a ketotic state, is that right. the right yeah, adjective? Yeah. I don't know. Ketonic in a state, state. of ketosis, yeah. Right? Yeah, right? Putting sure. your body in a state of ketosis is a, is a survival mechanism, but that happens you know, to have worked for epilepsy. So why oh. does it work now and, and how does it work? You eat a good preponderance of your calories from fat, like, like 70% of your calories from fat, and then maybe uh, 25 from protein and 5% from carbohydrates, like down to 20 grams of carbohydrates per day. Wow. wow. Like wow. a sixth of that what we say is, like is minimum. Sounds like you're kind of a mean person for a while. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would be. <laughs> you're you're, you're not talking to the keto girl here. Um, but uh, when you look at, okay, eliminating things that have natural carbohydrates in them, they're going to be plant foods, right. number one, mm-hmm. and milk products. So mm. grains, vegetables, legumes, fruit, uh, even th- there's a little bit in nuts down? and seeds. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, if you're getting down to 20 wow. grams a yeah. day right. and you yeah. eat three times, I mean, that's wow. like five grams of carbohydrate per meal. Wow. So, so what does this do to strictly. your body? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it forces it to make the ketones. So you're burning the ketones. Um, you're tricking I, I your body say, into thinking yes. you got to survive. Yeah. That, like do well, what you got to right. do to survive, right? Wow. That's, but okay. the calories can can still be up there because you're eating so much fat. Um, hmm. you, you can still get a high calorie load out of, out of it. Okay. Huh. Is there any long-term, is there, can you do the keto diet long-term? Can you sustain that? Can, yeah. Could you sustain that? Uh, well, and I know in the, in the short term, well, in the short term, you've got weight loss, um, particularly when compared with like a low fat diet or just a healthy Mediterranean diet, there's improvements in blood sugar for type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the long term, as you're saying, Brittany, it's just hard for people to follow. Mm-hmm. And that um, difference in weight between, say, the groups that were on keto and the groups that weren't, it, that difference mm-hmm. is minimal over time. Okay. So again, like take your three months versus a couple of years. And I know that there are, are passionate followers that will, that will poo-poo me mm-hmm. and, and say, right. you're wrong. I've, this is my lifestyle and I've done it, you know, for, for 10 or 15 years. Which is like good for you. That's amazing. Well, right. wow. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you it's can. probably, but probably the average person based on the environment they're in, it makes it very difficult to sustain where you're, on, you're finding a way to only have that low of carbs. Every yeah. Day. And, and I look at, I'm a very evidence-based uh, practitioner. So. Uh, if you look at the studies, well, what research says, well, they don't really have populations of people on long-term, you know, ketogenic right. diets to, to, to follow. Study, right. And you're certainly not going to have a, a, a subject group or study group because you're not supplying them food for 15 years. Right. Um, so it's, it's all self-reported, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and as with all these other diets, um, 
often it's looking at people's intake, getting a three-day dietary recall, or having them complete a food frequency questionnaire. And it's what they say that they're eating, how accurate it is, whether they're right. on it or not. Is that why they switch? Is that why they stop doing it or using it to treat epilepsy? And is medication oh, the, the, the drugs just an easier just, yeah. way out? Or the is drugs it? were very uh, effective, I say, um, but it's becoming more popular in resurgence, uh, especially among pediatric um, cases. Because yeah. hmm. epilepsy medication, from I from what I know about it, I I mean, my dog's dog was epileptic. I don't know much about huh. human <laughs> epilepsy medication, but. It has a lot of side effects, does it not? Do you oh, know? Okay. Oh, uh, every medication, medication has a side effect. Yeah, exactly. Right. Two members of my family on right. Yeah, right. So you uh, would, seizure control. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you would think something like this would be a better, is it a better option for to treat something like that or is it not? Just because it's more natural, I guess would be my question. It's just, it's intense. So uh, someone that's going to do it for uh, a medical treatment mm-hmm. uh, has to do it to the T. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that, they, so that they can that. really reduce their occurrence and symptoms. And okay. um, so therefore, it has to be prescribed by someone that knows what they're talking about. Right. I, right. You know, you can't just go, oh, well, here's a ketogenic diet out of whatever magazine, you know. Right. I mean, it's going to be from that neurologist's office um, to the nines. So it's the medication is just, just more accurate. Yeah. More so accurate. What, is there someone that you, would you recommend this type of diet to anyone? Uh, I'd say because it, it is effective f- for weight loss in the short term, someone that needs that that push, that jump start, so that they get that response and go, hey, I can, you know, I can do this. I, right. I have okay. some accomplishment, right? And I can I can do this, even though it's it's a bit restrictive and it's not um, what I would consider healthy in the long term. It could be something that they could use to get them going. Right. And you always got to be wary Motivation. of the bounce back <laughs> after these restrictive <laughs> ones, right? That you don't just bounce back just as hard uh, in the other direction. So let's move on to the next one in our list. What do we got, Brittany? Uh, we were talking about the anti-inflammatory diet. Yeah. So what, t- what do you think about that? Well, what can and, you tell us and about this it? one is not a single diet. Mm-hmm. So similar to uh, the Mediterranean diet, it's more of a pattern or style of eating. Um, and because it's a bit more vague and and less standardized. It's just based on foods that fight inflammation. So, and that's not a hardcore yes or no. I mean, some have more effect than others. Uh, But if you look at, I looked at the Arthritis Foundation and I always go to um, Harvard Health. Between the two, they pretty much had in common or in total, green leafy vegetables, broccoli, onion, beans, berries, oranges, nuts, fatty fish, like uh, salmon, mackerel, tuna, sardines, olive oil, tomatoes, and spices. Okay. So those are the things you need to eat. I actually enjoy almost all of those. But here's the kicker. kicker. You have to avoid the things that are pro-inflammatory, like Uh, soda, fried food, processed meat, uh red meat, Uh refined carbohydrates, Mm Margarines, lard, butter, uh, added salt, way. and canned food. I'm oh, not boy. gonna lie, that oh, one would I, that one would be easy for me. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I in fact, wow, I'm you're pretty, just the perfect person over there. Uh, okay. Look at oh. me go. No, no, I just, I just happen to. I mean, I'm not. Maybe you are just naturally doing that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, the yeah. thing. I don't really eat red meat. I'm not a big meat eater. I just, I don't eat much processed food. I like a lot of natural, like fruits, veggies, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm not hitting it to a T. Let's right. not. But that, but let's still, not if you, kid if you, ourselves. That's interesting. There's but, the anti-inflammatory and then the inflammatory and kind of like, probably if you're balanced between the two, you're neutral, right? So it's like, which way do you tip? 
Oh, I there probably, you go. Yeah, I you like know, that. Yeah. That's a very visual. So you, you, mm-hmm. tip, you tip more in the anti-inflammatory, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's 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 definitely days where I tip the other way. So we got a little <laughs> bit of neutrality, you know. You got and, and it's not we're not we're not talking about inflammation that's uh you know fr- from an injury right. or, or right. a right. short term insult. We're talking about chronic low grade mm-hmm. inflammation that contributes to uh, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, and such. So these anti-inflammatory diets are useful for rheumatoid arthritis, but they're also useful to prevent chronic disease. What about like Crohn's disease? Wouldn't that be so good for somebody like that? Or um, is it actually the opposite because of all the veggies? No, well, the, the it's not as focused on di- digestibility and, okay. and gut effects, but when you do have all of these plant foods, you are eating um, more prebiotics and things that are going to keep your gut microflora healthy. Hmm. So uh, I can definitely see that and kind of decrease the swelling or uh, right. you know, inflammation in, in the gut. That's right. More of it. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So is this more of a prescribed diet as well? Like, because it seems like it, it's more used to help no. people with like these medical issues. On the, on the contrary, it's actually because it's not so much focused on weight loss. It's really more uh, a long term um, in protecting your health. Okay. Just so okay. I, I think it's more appealing to a lot of people when you look at well longevity and what's good for me in the long run. Um, and so it has an emphasis on whole foods and, of course, decreased processing that we've heard from every single right. thing so far. Ha yeah, <laughs> ha, right, trend. Right. Um, that, that's, I think, a very uh, appealing for someone that has that vision and isn't just looking at like, well, I didn't feel a benefit in, in right. 60 days. So it's like, well, no, because diabetes and heart disease and Don't all those things take years days. Right, to develop, right, right? right? Just like an overall yeah. healthy lifestyle, yeah. longevity, yeah. A long-term investment in yourself there mm-hmm. to do that. Okay, well, can you let, what were some of the things again? Let's, if this one sounds like it's an approach that can help you throughout the duration of your life rather than a short term. So what were some of the, the things you should eat with the anti-inflammatory diet? Uh, they are uh, beans and berries, oranges, nuts, green leafy vegetables, broccoli, fatty fish, olive oil. And I even wrote on the uh, Living Healthy blog an article this past year on spices for fighting oh, okay. inflammation. Oh, great. Yes. Okay, so go check that out. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to the final diet uh, on our list. And what do we got? Uh, we've got intermittent fasting. Yes. Oh, yes. So right. this oh, one, boy. <laughs> I've heard a lot about, I mean, I've heard a lot about a lot of these diets lately and people talking about them and following them strictly. But this one, I, I've had very mixed feelings about it. How do you feel? I'm glad that you say you have mixed feelings because it is a mixed bag. There is not one particular intermittent, you know, fast approach. There are, right. there are several iterations. So one is the 16-8 approach where you fast for 16 hours and restrict your eating to only eight. Um, that one's somewhat more natural or reflective of a circadian, you know, rhythm. Um, some are uh, a five, two approach, which is five days of normal eating and two days of uh, not a hundred percent fast, but at least keeping your calories below five, five, 500, for wow. instance. Um, oh another type of intermittent fast is a full, no holds barred, 24-hour fast, um, dinner to dinner, right? Um, <laughs> one day a week. Wow. Uh, another is alternate day fasting. But in any case, most of them, of course, allow 
uh, non-caloric fluids. So water, coffee, tea, all unsweetened, you know, during the fasting mm. periods. Okay. So it sounds like if you wanted to try this, you have a lot of different options for styles that would kind of oh, work yeah. for how you, you know, operate. I think I probably accidentally do this, come to think of it. Remember, because going one? back to really, well, intermittent fasting. No, the, I know, but which, which one of the three? Which of the three? Well, I don't know if I do either of those specific ones. Because I, I would think intermittent fasting can be whatever you want it to be. You can make up your own ratio, right, if you're still fasting. So I would, I don't know, unless there's clinical reasons for 816 or whatever. But going back to some of the very early episodes of the podcast when we, you know, diagnosed that Andrew doesn't eat breakfast. And so that would basically mean <laughs> that I'm not eating from like 8 p.m. until, I don't know, like 1230 or 1. You know, that's like would be my... So that's kind of, I don't know, that's probably extreme, I guess. But, but have that's, you had a benefit from doing that in your weight? Or the, Well, see, I haven't done that in a while because oh. we started doing these podcasts oh, and yeah. I started eating breakfast. So now that I eat breakfast now, Yeah, now, now that you I say that, bit. I guess I do. But I do the, I, maybe yeah. the 16 to 8 just because like just I'll eat naturally. an early dinner and then I won't eat really breakfast. and then. But, you know, I've been kind of throwing in a little breakfast here and there. Yeah. I did, I did yeah. mention I earlier do. I had a scone. Yeah. I, I, hear, I hear a lot more about the 16 to 8 than I do about the five to two or the every other day. I just feel like that's got to, I, I feel like whenever you do something so hardcore like that, whenever you stop or you go the other direction, like if I like don't eat, then then eat, I yeah, I, I almost get, gain it like tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. It's when like, it eat. comes back like with a vengeance. Oh, well there's, right. there's a lot of rebound eating, which is yeah. why I like, Mm-hmm. binge and purge cycles don't r- really work so mm-hmm. when someone is restricted in something and this is true of any kind of diet just um psychologically there's more of a draw toward that uh restricted item or food mm-hmm. group or whatever when um the permissions granted when when the when the time is over and so if someone is overeating in the periods that they're allowed to, it kind of negates the calorie savings yeah. that they may made during the fasting period. Right. Like um, cheat days and stuff. Right. I feel like that yeah. doesn't really... Well, that's why the, the term cheat and the you know, rules, and I, I don't even like using them. They're, they're kind of like a negative fight with your food, and I just yeah. think mm-hmm. that a healthier relationship, right. like, hey, food is fuel, it tastes good, sometimes mm-hmm. it's for a party, sometimes it's just... Oh, my stomach is growling, but there's this plain big potato that is my lunch, and so I will eat it now. You know, so yeah. sometimes it's so it's like it's finding all a healthy things. moderation, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But um, so with intermittent fasting, um, what's a plus is not calorie counting. So that's good. Mm-hmm. There's not as much focus on like having to you know measure mm. portions or anything like that. That's nice. Um, and for significantly overweight people, there is. Um, evidence to support you know, weight loss and better metabolic markers. I don't think that that's really there for like those of us that need to just lose five or 10 pounds or, mm-hmm. you know, that small margin. Um, and it doesn't really focus on behavior change. It's just a light switch. It's just on now, off now, right. on now, off now. So if you can stick to something like that, where it's like you're controlled by the calendar or the day or the time of day, then that's good. I guess you can do that. Right? Exactly. Well, yeah. it has to fit in your right. lifestyle because yeah. I wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, you should try this. It's like, well, no, if someone's undergoing stress and, um, hey, they have a new baby at home right. and yeah. <laughs> they're up yeah. at 2 a.m. Right. and they're hungry, guess right. what? Right. Feed yourself. Right, right, right. You're going to need it. Yeah, <laughs> you right. Know? Right. Be aware of what your your, your own situation is yeah. for sure. Can, it, can you actually slip into being, if you're fasting like that, are you kind of putting your body into that survival mode that the ketogenic diet like creates those ketones or does that have to be, is that all carb related? 
and not related to just like not eating. Oh, here you we know, go into some more kind of, science. It's really okay. cool. So when you're not eating and you don't have that, first your body uses the available glucose that's in your tissues, right? And then it uses it from your blood sugar. And then it draws it from your glycogen stores, which are found in your muscle and your liver. Uh, then it'll pull, you know, some oh of gosh. your fat will break down called lipolysis. Okay. okay. But then you'll also break down a little bit of protein if it's right. extended or if it's a great caloric deficit. Okay. Right. Then your body can also do something called gluconeogenesis. So it means new glucose made. So huh. when your body doesn't have what it needs, it's a, how do I make it? How do I, how do I get this thing that I need? And it takes some amino acids, it kicks out the nitrogen, it, it plays with those carbons and it goes, boom. Okay. Uh, let's, wow. let's feed the brain. Let's keep on going. And is that so like the it's, second wind maybe in sports? <laughs> maybe when you get a it's second another, wind, maybe that's part of what that is. That's pretty cool. Huh. That is really cool. Wow. So obviously the goal is to just get into that portion where you're you're breaking down the fat and, right, and right. not yeah, the exactly. muscle. Right. And which, which sadly sounded like that was like four steps away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. All right. Well, cool. So what? who do, would you kind of recommend that diet for, the intermittent fasting? Is there a particular type of person that would you know, head that direction or succeed with that kind of approach? Uh, definitely not, not someone with, with diabetes type two okay. or, or on any kind of medication or insulin. But what's nice is it doesn't conflict with, uh, you know, if you're a vegan, if you're an omnivore. Mm. And, and so whatever right. principles you have about what foods you're choosing sustainability wise or, mm. you know, local, um, it doesn't conflict with any of those, huh. uh, but it can be a useful tool for someone, uh, as you said, Andrew, if it, if they can manage those hours, if it works really within their lifestyle, if all they're doing is looking at a clock and focusing on that all day long, you know, and, it, and it's going to inhibit their focus and attention on work or right. anything else. Right. But if it's more natural, say Brittany is like, you know, I, I ate five. Right. And I woke up the next morning and I felt okay till about 10 or 11 and I was going to eat again. Okay. Right. right. That's you know? just kind of what your body does. Then that works. Okay. Great. All right. Well, let's wrap this episode up with the segment we always do. Actionable advice about fad diets in general. Um, do you have, what's the one thing you want our listeners to take away about fad diets or about any of these particular diets? Um, that you think our listeners should just really remember? Uh, I think a few things. Uh, I know you want to limit them one, but uh, they all have some kind of background or evidence for you know why they work, even if it's just in the short term or for only certain populations. So they're not all hooey. You know, there, there right. is something there, um, and they're not for everyone. Uh, but I love that most of them focus on unprocessed foods and getting more vegetables in and that's just kind of across the board uh could be used for everybody right all right well thank you for joining us again debbie we appreciate it happy to talk about food anytime all right thanks again for listening everyone if there's a topic you would like discussed on a future episode go ahead and send us an email to blog at lafitness.com and don't forget to follow us on social media at lafitness and if you leave a comment use the hashtag living healthy podcast Okay, wait, but before we end, Andrew, I actually have a really cool story for you. Okay, all right, what is it? I mean, I don't got? know. I actually don't know if you're ready for it. It's pretty. I, it's pretty funny. I am. Re I'm definitely ready for a story from you. Your I stories are crazy. So yeah, what I don't are know. They? What is I'm gonna, it? I, instead, I'm going to leave you with a little okay. teaser. Okay, tell me what it's about. Okay, it's about Drake. 
Oh my gosh. And okay. a possible accident on a bicycle. <laughs> okay, I think possible. It probably involves it's that, but okay. Impossible. Gosh, <laughs> it did. But so, in order to get that next episode and my Drake story delivered straight to your phone, do not forget to. Subscribe. Oh my God, we're holding the story. We're, do not forget to we're subscribe. We're making people subscribe to hear the story. Okay. Well, well do you that, want that to hear works. it or not? I do. I do. Okay. Well, you better subscribe. So, to get the next episode and the Drake story delivered straight to your phone, do not forget to subscribe. <laughs> okay. And until next time, we will see you in the gym.